So I was recently um, rejected from having a store carry my wooden spoons. And it's an interesting case because in many ways it looked like it was going to work out. The store had reached out to me um, after I had reached out a year and a half ago to them. They reached out to me and said, we're looking for a, a new wooden spoon maker to work with. Uh, are you, you know, we love your work. So they had reached out to me, which is a good sign. I looked at their shop. Uh, they're, they're in San Francisco. Um, and their price points seemed like they would totally support my price point. So unlike a lot of situations where the price point they're looking for is just too, too low, this actually seemed like it would be a good fit in terms of the, the other price points of their ceramics and metalware and things. And, and just the aesthetics of the other goods they were carrying seemed to me like a good match for what I was doing. Uh, minimalist, elegant, a hint of wabi-sabi. So I was feeling good about it. They asked to see some samples of a, a number of, of goods. And And I did them right away and, and sent them out. And I heard back a couple days from them that they decided it wasn't what they were looking for and they were returning them to me. And I said, okay. And I asked, you know, what, what was it you were looking for? And they gave me two pieces of feedback. One was they were looking for a mix of different types of woods, not just the, the cherry that I carve. And they were looking for something, uh, work that was a bit heavier. How did they describe it? With more weight? And this is such an interesting thing. I, I share this not because I think that the feedback is particularly useful in that I don't think that it is worth changing how I make things to make it adhere to these ideas. I share it because it's a really good example of how what we do is not for everyone and you don't know if it's for someone until they tell you yes I, I resonate with what you do here was someone who on paper was interested in enough to have a whole bunch of exchanges with me to to open this door um, and not in a casual way and and then decided it wasn't for them. And, and I sent them absolutely the best work I could produce. And I know my work well enough to know that it is very good. 
So the fact that it wasn't what they wanted is an, is an indication of just how true this statement is, that what we do isn't for everyone. In fact, it's probably not for most people. And the trick is to find the people or to have the people find you for whom it is the thing that they want, for whom it does resonate. And, and just because you think that somebody is that person doesn't mean that they are. I find this encouraging because earlier on in my career, I would have been very um, dejected by this. And it probably helps me not be dejected by the fact that I wasn't going out looking for it. They came to me. Right? So it was, although a rejection, it was less of a rejection because I didn't seek it out. But the other reason it would have made me more dejected earlier on was earlier on when I was starting out spoon carving and full of my convictions that it was you know the thing that was the greatest thing in the world I There was a way in which my when I got turned down by people it felt like they were turning down me personally because I identified myself with the spoon carving so tightly and I also wrapped my sense of whether I was succeeding or not up in each little victory and defeat. How could I not? I hadn't yet succeeded by any measure, and so it was anyone's guess whether I was going to succeed or not. And it seemed like the balance was still very strongly um, waiting to be decided. These days, I don't feel like that balance is in question. I feel like I've succeeded. And so having someone tell me that what I do is not for them, even when I think, gosh, it really is for them, I can put that in a better perspective, which is that what I do is not for everyone. It's not for most people. It's only for the people who really like it. And the good thing is that we live in a, in a time when it's easier than ever to take part in groups of people that are spread around the world and yet together form enough mass, enough critical mass, that we can coalesce into a scene. And this, is, this has always been true, right? I mean, there was a scientific scene that was spread way too thin 
to see each other in person. And yet, scientific thinkers throughout the centuries have corresponded with one another. And and formed a scene of sorts. So I don't think this phenomenon is new. If I was earlier in my spoon carving career, I might have taken this feedback and changed what I was doing. Although knowing me, maybe not. But I think it's also worth recognizing that it takes a long time to build the skill to do something well, but the events that make you well enough known that people recognize that skill and value it, those events take a long, long time, if they ever do, to unfold. I'm reading um, a, a brief biography of Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, at the moment. And one of the things that's notable is that he did a lot of things before he was a writer. And some of the things that he did before he wrote the stuff that finally made him who he was, was a lot of newspaper columns, a lot of which did not land well. And so the very things that made him successful later on were things that were not what people wanted or expected to hear. And it was... Well, I haven't gotten to the point yet where he's... where he writes his first famous story, The Jumping Frog of Calabash County? I'm not sure exactly the name. And that made him a household name. But... It's interesting to note that until that thing worked out for him, he was had much of the wit and the mischievousness that he became known for. It was just not appreciated. And what it took was him developing and cultivating an appreciative audience that grew over time before before the very same things that people used to not like about his work became the stuff that they liked about his work. I haven't gotten to the end of the book, but I, I do know this about Mark Twain, which is that later in life, 
he lost all his money that he made from writing books in various get-rich-quick schemes. And about to go into bankruptcy, he decided to launch upon a, a nationwide tour of speaking engagements. And that is actually what made him really, truly famous and made him the sort of lasting figure that he is to this day. I don't know enough, but I, I speculate that if he hadn't been forced to do that, to actively go out and cultivate a community of people for whom the way that he talked about things was for them that he would not be remembered today. His work would not have the impact that it has to this day. And so it seems to me like when we get feedback, it is worth asking ourselves if the feedback is something that we should pay attention to and make changes based upon, or if it's simply an indication that what we do is not for them. I'm trying to think if, the, if there's a sort of feedback that I could have gotten from these guys about my spoons that would have made me think uh, that it was something I needed to adjust what I was doing for. And I think perhaps something that well I can't come up with something off the top of my head but I can imagine that if they had given me feedback in a way that uh, indicated that they had a deep understanding of design and and a, and a reason for what they wanted um, to be different and an understanding of what was technically possible and perhaps an understanding of just how uh, good the work I was, the work that I sent them was, I think I would have been, that might have been feedback that I would actually make changes based upon. And I don't mean this to sound snarky or prideful, but, but if, but the, impression I got from the feedback was that they were used to something else and what I gave them was not that something else. And they were simply looking for someone to be the thing that they had already had and not myself. This is useful for me to think about when I think about giving feedback to other people, which is that the feedback that is most useful to somebody else 
is not necessarily the feedback I would give myself. And it's not feedback based on comparing them to somebody else. I think the feedback that somebody is willing to hear is feedback that acknowledges and and is thoughtful about the qualities that that person or that piece of work already has and judges it not based on some other standard but on the standard of what it itself could be or that person itself could be. At any rate, I think it's important for each of us to remember as we put what we have created out into the world that most feedback is not given with this standard of attention and therefore it should not be received as such. And I think for those of us who tend to err on the side of assuming that most feedback is useless, I think it's worth trying to ascertain when feedback is actually the genuine article and something that we should listen to. Because I know some of the greatest collaborations that I've gotten to be a part of have been because feedback was actually listened to on one or both sides. And, and that's a rare thing for feedback to be listened to and for feedback to also be good feedback. Because most of the time it's not. Thanks as always for listening. If you have good feedback for me, uh, try it out. I'm always open to hearing it. Thanks as always. Talk tomorrow.